there's two types of people in this world. There's two types of people really in the church. Mm -hmm. Those who care and those who don't care. Mm -hmm. Those who have hard hearts and just aren't going to respond. And yet those who surrender their hearts. And we actually see Paul address this in Romans chapter 9. Yeah. And honestly, I think uh, there's some of us who waffle back and forth. That's right. Yeah. You know, today, yeah, and yesterday was a fourth. Yep. So I'm, I trust everybody had a good fourth. I, yeah. I'm sure that you did, Junior. Now, yeah. uh, today's kind of a tough day for you, though. It's a funeral yeah. for somebody that was very special to you. Yeah, he's a man by the name of Mike Kellogg. He was the host of Music Through the Night on Moody Radio for over 30-some years. Oh, I listened to him way back many years ago. Yeah, I met him when I was a senior in college. I was just kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And really, I was going to chase a career path that I wasn't gifted in. And it was Mike who took me aside and... Uh, he pursued me, which is really cool. He would have been hmm. in his 70s or 80s at the time, pursued me, kept asking to go to lunch, and just kept hammering away at, you're, you're choosing the wrong career path. You're a gifted pastor. I, I see this in you. And uh, hmm. really did change a lot of my own heart at the time. So, oh. um, But so yeah, he, he passed we as away. as a church and, owe him a debt of gratitude. Yeah. Hmm. So he, he did pass away and uh, hit me a lot harder than I thought it would. But yeah. his funeral is, is today. Mm -hmm. So we're going to head there. We'll be there for that. Yep. Well, listen, we are looking at Romans chapter 9 again. We're back to Romans chapter 9. And uh, why don't I go ahead and start reading? I'll maybe catch us up through verse 16 or so. Now, we did an extensive discussion on yeah. this. I just want to mention that about, you know, we got into like Calvinism and Arminianism. Yeah. It was and all last that. Monday, if you yeah. want to go back. And we, we, we like to go through these books. Uh, the second time through, we learn more. Mm -hmm. And it's good to repeat it, but we're probably not going to have the same kind of discussion with no. each of these chapters. But we'll find some other stuff. That's for right. Sure. So Romans chapter 9, and I'll get started. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief. For my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Yeah. And you talk about a heart, you talk about caring. I, I couldn't say that. He's saying he would go to hell. If his, bro if his Jewish brothers and sisters would need Jesus. They are the people of Israel chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promise. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors. And Christ himself was an Israelite as far as his human nature is concerned. And he is God the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Well then, has God failed to fulfill his promise to Israel? No, for not all who are born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. Being descendants of Abraham doesn't make them truly Abraham's children. But the scriptures say, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, though Abraham had other children too. This means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of the promise are considered to be Abraham's children. For God had promised, I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. This son was our ancestor Isaac when he married Rebekah. She gave birth to twins, but before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received a message from God. And this message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, not according to their good or bad works, she was told, your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of Scripture, I loved Jacob, but I rejected Esau. 
And something, you know, I pointed out something of this last and last Monday. And again, I encourage you to go back over last Monday's and listen to that entire uh, reading. But one thing I didn't point out is is here where he says your older son will serve your younger son. He's talking about the offspring, the nations that come out of these children, because in reality, the older son never did serve the younger son. Just, I mean, Esau did not serve Jacob, Mm -hmm. but Jacob's offspring, which is the children of Israel, they were served by the Edomites who were the children of Esau. And so he's talking about the nations that flowed from their posterity not from the individuals here. So I think that oftentimes when we get into this whole election debate, we're forgetting about the corporate aspect of this election. That's kind of the argument that I often made is that the church is the elect of God. And we're part of the elect when we become a part of the church when we're born into his family. All right, verse 14 then. Are, Are we saying then that God was unfair? Of course not. For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy we can neither choose it nor work for it. And, you know, we did see that play out even in the life of Jesus when we went through the Gospels. That there were people that Jesus healed and there were people that yeah. Jesus chose not to heal. Yeah. And we have to be okay with that because at the end of the day, he is God. So sometimes we, you know, I can even find myself struggling when I read passages like that. Even when there was a line that was waiting for Jesus and Jesus said, no, I'm not a hospital. I'm going over here to preach. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of those people who would have left just so bummed. My, I'm not getting healed today or maybe even ever because Jesus chose to go preach somewhere else. And I can kind of struggle with that sometimes. But at the end of the day, it's like he's God. Yeah. And, and the other part of it wants. is the more important aspect of his ministry wasn't the physical healing, which is only temporary. It was the right. spiritual healing that he was providing. And so while those people weren't healed, I mean, they would have died by now anyway, of course, a right. long time yeah. ago. But they were provided with eternal life because of his death and resurrection. Yep. Verse 17 says, For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chose to show mercy to some, and he chooses to harden the hearts of others, so they refuse to listen. So this is where we find the two different types of people. There's Mm -hmm. some people who are sensitive to what God is saying and what God wants. And there's those who simply have hard hearts. And as you said, there can be, you know, in us, we can waffle between the two sometimes. We can have a level of both in us. Mm -hmm. I always want to have a broken heart, but there are times when I have a hard heart. Well, then you might say, why, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? Yeah, that's not just garbage there. He's talking about using it as a toilet. Yeah. In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy who are prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those whom he selected both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. But concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, those who were not my people, I will now call my people, and I will love those whom I did not love before. And then at the place where they were told, you are not my people, there, will be, they, will be, there they will be called children of the living God. And concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sand of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. And Isaiah said the same thing in another place. 
If the Lord of heaven's armies had not spared a few of our children, we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. What does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God, and it is by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel, who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law, never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I'm replacing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall, but anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Hmm. And just brings us home that our salvation is solely of faith. It's not in anything that we could ever do. It's not in a church that we could join or a religious ritual that we can go through. It is solely of faith. It is by depending on Jesus, his death and resurrection, trusting in him for our forgiveness and salvation. That is the only way that we can be saved. Yeah. And thank God for that. Well, Psalm 38 is the corresponding chapter for uh, today. And this is a chapter, you know, without context, it can be kind of a confusing read because like, man, this guy almost seems like he's going through a great depression. Yeah. And the reality is, is he is. He's actually mourning over his sin when he fell with Bathsheba. And often, I'm not saying all depression comes from sin, but I am saying unconfessed sin can also lead to depression. Yeah, and it and almost see certainly that does. King yeah. David. And so he is completely, completely depressed and, and mourning... Uh, Mourning his loss, but I, I do want to point out um, one verse, actually a couple verses. Verse twelve it says, "Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish to harm me make plans to ruin me all day long. They plan their treachery, but I am deaf to all their threats. I'm silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing, and I make no reply, for I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer for me, O Lord, my God." Just thought of how many of us are going into work today who might have some enemies, so to speak, maybe some coworkers that just kind of have it out for us. And a lot of times we can feel tempted to, I got to get my side of the story out there. I got to tell people the real side of the story. But here David just says, you know what, I'm just going to let God speak for me and I'm going to remain silent. And he promises he will do so and he does. Yeah. So we place our faith, even, of course, our faith for salvation in him, but then in living we also trust him for every day that we live. That's right. And that's the only way. Yeah. Well, make it a good day today. It's good being with you all and, uh, once again. Look forward right. to seeing you tomorrow and Thursday.